0: Thank you, choir, this morning. I started in the first service this morning. I sat there, I'd gone through, walked around welcoming people, and we started the first song. And it just was weird. It just sounded different. I didn't know what it was. Just to show how observant I am. I had walked in, spoke to a couple of folks down front, spoke to Lee. Walk right past where the piano used to be and realize what was different. There was no piano being played over there this morning. And the reason for it, it ain't there. It's sitting behind me. Uh, so I made, the, I made that confession to the early group. I said, I looked for what was going on. It took me about 10 minutes to realize the piano was not there. Well, you see this morning, the orchestra's not there. And you see a whole bunch of keyboards behind me. Uh, I don't know which one Lee's got me to play uh, this afternoon, but uh, uh, if he's smart, he won't let me anywhere near them. But anyway, uh, I hope that you'll be here today, uh, two performances. I know we were blessed by it last year, and I'm sure uh, you will be again. Invite someone to come with you, and uh, it'll be a great time together. If you'll take your Bibles, not to James, we're done there for a while, but go to Ephesians Ephesians the fifth chapter I don't know exactly what I'm going to preach on after the uh the next uh the new year uh the next couple of weeks uh obviously with Christmas coming up there'll be some Christmas messages um but since I'm kind of like an old penny y'all can't get rid of me and it looks like I'm gonna be here for a while I'm praying through what I'm gonna preach through next uh I'm not sure about that just uh, pray the Lord give me wisdom but for this morning I want to piggyback on what. We celebrated as a country this past Thursday, and that is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, because the Bible has a lot to say to us about this matter of being thankful and being a thankful people. And while we in America uh, celebrate a specific day of Thanksgiving, uh, a day that was set aside many years ago for us as a nation to give thanks to God for his many blessings in the founding of this Uh, country and then all the blessings that God has bestowed upon us uh, it gives us uh, in the church I believe a great reason to stop and think and reconsider uh, this whole matter of being a thankful people so the title of the message today is very simple Uh, simply be thankful our text is Ephesians 5 verses 17 to 21 And uh, really more specifically this morning, it's primarily verse 20 of the verses that I'm going to read to you. So if you will, please stand in honor of God's word as I read our verses out loud. And you follow along there in your copy of the Bible. Paul writes and he says, so then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So, Lord, thank you for these verses to remind us that your will is for our lives, that we are thankful. Help us to understand what that means and help us as we walk down uh, these verses to apply them to our hearts and our lives. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory for it. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, there's some things in life that are optional. I mean, you can leave them off or leave them out of your life and you can still live a somewhat reasonably happy and productive life. Uh, For instance... Some people do not drink coffee. Don't understand people like that, why they don't. But there are some who can leave coffee off and to some extent they can live a somewhat reasonable, normal life. You just don't get around them in the morning until they wake up. Uh, But even though uh, people like this have a great flaw in their life, not drinking coffee, they can still function and be normal. Uh, There's some things, though, that are not optional. And if a person leaves these things out of his or her life, they're not going to experience life as it was intended to be experienced. And from a Christian perspective, let me just say, there's no way in the world they will ever be pleasing to God or be the type of person that God wants them to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are some things that are essential to life and living. And this whole matter of being a thankful person or being thankful in what we and how we live our lives is an absolute essential quality if we're going to be right with God. In fact, listen real carefully to me this morning, and this is really what I think Paul is trying to get across here in our text a person will never have the right attitude about life and living if they do not learn how to express an attitude of thanksgiving from their heart. And from a biblical Christian perspective of life, a person can never be right with God if they do not learn to express thanks from a grateful heart. You know, there there are just too many people who go through living life that just grumble, gripe, and complain about everything. You ever been around some of those? I mean, it doesn't matter what happens to them. I mean, even they're blessed with many of the same blessings we all are blessed with. They have abundance. They, 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 God has given them so much, but yet they find something always to gripe and complain about. They fuss about this, fuss about that, complain about this, gripe and grumble about this or the other. And they never express thanksgiving to God, nor do they ever express thanksgiving to other people. Such a person is going to be a very negative person. Such a person is never going to experience God's fullness for their life. Such a person is never going to walk in God's abundance that he wants to give us. And the bottom line is this. You only can have those things and express life as God meant for you to uh, express it or to experience it when you learn to be a thankful person. And the Bible has a lot to say to us about this attitude of being thankful or as one person would put it, the attitude of gratitude. So I want us to look at some other verses along with our text this morning and see what we can learn about this matter of being thankful, being thankful. Well, from our verses this morning, first of all, I want you to see the principle, the principle of thanksgiving. And Paul lays it out very clearly in the very beginning. Notice again, verse 20, Paul says that we should be always giving thanks, always giving thanks. And please notice that he is not giving us a suggestion that we might consider. He's not doing that at all. In fact, these words are written in the imperative. In other words, this is a command given by God to the Apostle Paul for all of us who would read these words in the days to come. And again, this command is given to us In the context of God's will if you'll look back at verse 17 he says so then don't be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is and in listing a number of things here he lists this matter of being thankful God's will for God's people is that we are always giving thanks and not only is this commanded here in our verses before us this morning, all through the Bible you find verse after verse after verse after verse that speaks of this attitude of gratitude that must be in the hearts and the lives of God's people. Words such as thanksgiving, giving thanks, thankfulness, gratitude, thankful, grateful. Words like that are found throughout the pages of the Bible. God speaks to us of this important char- this essential characteristic time and time again. In fact, just listen as I read. You won't have time to turn to these verses. I think they're listed there in your listening guide this morning. First Chronicles 16 verse 8 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make his deeds known among his people. Psalm 92, verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Colossians 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And then he says, and be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The Bible's absolutely clear on this. We are to give thanks Always. But you know, it's a shame how few people actually do that. It's a shame how few people are really thankful from the heart. I read a story sometime back. I don't know if this was an actual story, if somebody just made it up for the sake of illustration, but it certainly makes the point here about those who lack uh, a thankful spirit. The story is told about an elderly Christian farmer that came into town one day to have some of his farm equipment worked on. And being a farmer and working out on the farm, um, he came to town dressed in his farm apparel. Well, he was still in town at lunchtime. He got hungry and decided he would find something to eat. So, he went to a local restaurant and there he ordered some lunch. When his meal was served by his waitress, he did what he always did. He paused. He took off his hat. He bowed his head, he folded his hands, and he thanked God for the food that had just been given to him. At a nearby table, some young punks were observing this old farmer. When he bowed his head and prayed, they snickered and they began to make fun of him. One of these young guys spoke up and in a very sarcastic manner said to him, Hey, old man, does everybody down on the farm do that? To which the farmer just simply looked up and replied, nope, the pigs don't. (laughs) He made his point, didn't he? The pigs don't. But you know, anybody who has a right heart would have to be one that gave thanks to God. For not only food, but for all his many blessings. The principle of thanksgiving. Always giving thanks. Well, not only does Paul deal here with the principle of Thanksgiving, he talks about the plan of Thanksgiving. And it's really interesting what he says here. Always giving thanks, and here's the plan, for all things. For all things. That's God's plan that we give thanks for all things. Now that word all in the Greek language is a very simple word. Do you know what it means? It means all. It means everything, everything that comes our way. It means exactly what we think it means. Uh, that being true, and it is, that causes some people to have an extremely troubling and difficult time with a verse like the one that we just read and concerning this plan of Thanksgiving. Uh, there are those who would ask, how can I be thankful for bad things that happen to me? I mean this verse seems to teach that even when something happens which is wicked or God dishonoring, maybe even something that happens to us that is contrary to God's will as revealed through the scriptures that we should thank God, that it has happened anyway. And when you read and consider the verse, I've read it twice this morning, First Thessalonians, excuse me, 5:18, which says, "In everything, give thanks." There are some who think this same implication and application must be applied. So is that what God's talking about? And is that what he means by this command? Well, obviously that's not what God's talking about. And the reason I say that is because it would be inconsistent of God's very character for something evil or wicked to happen to us. And for him to command us that we are to be thankful for the evil thing that has come our way. So what does God mean when he tells us here to always give thanks for all things? Let me see if I can help you with this. And this is actually pretty good. And I think it will help you tremendously. Two things I'll say about it. Number one, the Greek word that is translated in our New Testament for here in verse 20 actually could be translated as concerning concerning in other words the verse could possibly and rightly read in the following manner always giving thanks concerning all things and if that is true and it is it certainly changes the implication and application of this verse When evil, God-dishonoring, unbiblical things happen, Paul is not saying that we should be thankful that they happened. But he is saying that we are to give thanks concerning those things, or in other words, we are to give thanks in reference to those things. Again, let me apply that to see if I can explain what I think Paul is saying here. Uh, Suppose somebody breaks into your house and they steal some of your most precious belongings. Uh, God does not intend that you should say thank you Lord that some person broke your commandment which says thou shall not steal and thank you Lord that this thief violated the sanctity of my home. That is not at all what this verse is teaching us. God is consistent And being consistent, he never contradicts himself. He would not tell us to do something such as stealing and then tell us to thank him or not to do something such as stealing. And then tell us to thank him that someone did that thing to us in the first place. However, and this is what I think Paul is meaning, we can and should thank God concerning or in reference to this thing. Um, With the principle of thanksgiving, we could say the following. Lord, thank you that something worse didn't happen to me when that thief broke into my house. Thank you that this thief didn't take more than he did. Thank you that he did not burn down my house. Thank you that he did not harm my loved ones. Thank you, Lord, for your protection even as this evil thing was happening to us. And in doing so, I am thanking God concerning all things. A number of years ago, in fact, this happened uh, just about 40 years ago. Robin and I were, had gone to her parents' house for her birthday. I was on staff at First Baptist Church of Woodstock. We had driven to Tucker to uh, have a time of uh, probably eating. I don't remember, but some type of celebration. Uh, Robin at that time was six months pregnant with our oldest son, Justin. Well, after we got through with the uh, time of celebrating, uh, we got in our car, which by the way, at this point in time, boy, you talk about a sporty car. Dude, I I drove a Toyota Corolla. That had a stick shift, a steering wheel, a gas pedal, a clutch, and a brake, and that was it. I did not even have air conditioning. I had an AM radio. That's all. But it got 40-something miles to the gallon, so that's what we were in. And I remember that night we had just gotten on 285 at Lawrenceville Highway, which thought I'll tell you what I'm about to tell you happened to us. We had just gotten on 285, and all of a sudden we're flipping down the expressway. I mean literally flipping in the car when we finally stopped we're over in the grass area to the right we're right side up but we're turned totally around i didn't have a clue what had happened i just remembered a loud bang and we're flipping down the expressway in fact i probably wasn't doing about 50 55 miles an hour i had not even got into fifth gear yet well not long before somebody finally got there to help, they had to bring the jaws of life to cut us out of the car. Uh, Robin had some damage done to her knee and to her leg, and obviously, being six months pregnant, they were very concerned about her well being. They were attending to her, got her in the ambulance, and getting ready to take us to Northside Hospital. Uh, I had just gotten some cuts and bruises. Uh, I think I pulled glass out of my hair for, for days to come. But I still didn't. I had no clue what had happened to us. Well, while we are going, I was sitting up front in the ambulance, and the ambulance driver looked at me and said, Well, you sure were lucky tonight. And I said, Well, I don't believe in luck. I said, I'll just say uh, thank God for his protection. And he said, You do know what happened to you, don't you? I didn't have a clue. Well, they just found the guy a little bit further down the road because his car was totally totaled. He couldn't go any further. But some drunk kid hit us doing about 90 mile an hour, clipped the back of our car, and we went flipping. Now, I have to tell you, my first emotion was not a good one. It was probably real good that he was nowhere to be found. I don't know what I would have done to him. Because rightly so, I was very angry at what he had done. Number one, being drunk and driving, how foolish, how foolish. Y'all want my message on alcohol right now too? I can give it to you. There's a whole lot I could say about it. But I, that, that angered me greatly. But the fact that he almost killed three of us, myself, Robin, and I, we didn't even know this was back before you knew what gender you were having, uh, before we knew it was going to be a be a Justin. And we later found that out a few months later. But he almost killed all three of us. Well, I have to be honest with you. I wasn't thankful that we had been in the wreck. But can I tell you with all my heart tonight, I immediately, I said it to the driver. Boy, I'm real thankful to God that nothing worse happened to us. I'm very thankful that we walked away from this wreck. I'm very thankful that nobody got killed. I'm very thankful that God protected us that night I was not thankful for the evil that had been done but I was thankful concerning it and that changes the whole meaning behind it by the way that young man called me later I was tough I'm sure He called me a few days later, I didn't, this was before you You had caller ID and all those things that you have. I didn't know, I answered the phone one night. Is this Ken Hall? Yes, it is. He said, I'm so-and-so, told me his name. He said, "I'm, I'm the person that hit you the other night on the expressway. I got real quiet. He said, I'm calling to apologize. I said, okay. I let him talk for a few minutes. He apologized for what he did. He asked me to forgive him. I uh, got real quiet for a few moments, intentionally. And then I said these words to him. Young man, do you realize that night how foolish you were in what you did? Yes, sir. Do you realize you almost killed me, my wife, our child, and you? Do you realize how foolish your actions were? Yes, sir. I do now. I hope he meant it. I hope he really got his life straight. Then I said these words to him. Young man, I want you to know something. I forgave you the night you did it. I said, God had already spoken in my heart. My first response was anger at you. I said, but I realized whether you asked for it or not, I couldn't go the rest of my life being angry at you. I've already forgiven you. And for the next 10, 15 minutes, I shared Jesus with him on the phone. I don't know what he did with that. I don't know if he ever got his life straightened out or not. Never heard another word from him. But you know what, God, that wasn't a good thing that happened to us. The event itself was not good, but God caused good to come from it. God taught me some unbelievably deep lessons about life and living, about forgiveness. God, I hope and pray, taught that young man about some very foolish actions on his part. It wasn't good, but God caused good to come from it. And that's why Paul can tell us, this whole principle of thanksgiving, we are to be thankful for all things. And in light of that, and secondly, another application that I would make about being thankful for all things with, is with you can put it side by side with the promise that God gives us in Romans 8:28. And Romans 8:28 uses this phrase, "All things also," and it says this, "And we know that God causes all things." Again, that word "all," means everything." God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. That does not mean, of course, all things are good. Many things that happen to us are not good in and of themselves. And there are times that evil and bad things happen to us because we all live in this fallen world. But God still because He is a loving God and because He is a sovereign God, God can and will work through all things for our good and His glory. He will even take the bad things that happen to us in this life and somehow work things out for our good and His glory. We may not always understand it, we might not always see it, but God's child those of us who know him and by the way that promise there in Romans 8 uh, 28 is a conditional promise some people read it and they say God causes all things to work together for good and they put the period right there and if you do that you've missed the point God does not cause everything to work for good for everybody you do understand that don't you there are conditions to that it's a conditional promise It says, for God will cause all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And again, God being a good God, God being a loving God, God being a sovereign God can even take the bad things that come our way. And folks, listen to me and you know this. We all go through tough times. We all have hard things happen to us. We all have difficult things come our way but God because he does love his children to those who love him and are called according to his purpose in Christ Jesus God will take those things and will cause good to come from them even if we can't see it in this lifetime one of these days in glory we'll look back and be able to understand it a perfect illustration of that in scripture is the old testament uh man Joseph you remember his story don't you Joseph was one of 12 brothers. He was, they said, the the favorite of his father, Jacob. Uh, Jacob made his son, Joseph, the coat of many color. Y'all remember that story in your Sunday school class? His brothers got real jealous of how the father seemed to love Joseph more than he did everybody else. So they thought they would do something about it. So they decided to kill their younger brother. And out in the fields one day, they plotted to kill Joseph. But instead of uh, killing him, they just threw him down into a pit. Before too long, a caravan headed to Egypt came their way. And they sold their brother Joseph into slavery. So Joseph is taken from his father, he's taken from his family he's taken from his land, he's being sent to Pharaoh and to Egypt to a place of bondage and a place of servitude and for many many years Joseph had a tough time and I'm sure he had to have asked himself a thousand times God why did you let this happen? But while he was in Egypt instead of Staying on the wise of life, he got busy doing what Romans 8.28 says, and he continued to love God and continued to walk by faith, continued to believe God, trust God to work in his life, and through his circumstances. He began, God began to work in Joseph's life to exalt him in the land of Egypt. And all of a sudden he found himself in Pharaoh's home. And then he found himself in Pharaoh's courts. God granted him favor in Pharaoh's eyes. And here, all of a sudden, Joseph becomes one of the most powerful men in the whole nation of Egypt. A famine hits his homeland. Famine hits back in the promised land. And Jacob sends his other sons to Egypt, not knowing that his son Joseph is still living. He sends him back to Egypt to go beg for food, to see if he can get some food. And all of a sudden, you find... Eleven of Joseph's, of, of Joseph's brothers before him in Egypt, not knowing that this was Joseph. And all of a sudden, it hits them who this man is. They realize this is their brother, Joseph. He's not dead after all. And being the man that he is in the place of power and position in Egypt, he could have snapped his finger and had every one of his brothers beheaded if he'd been a man of vengeance and an angry person. But you know, he wasn't that. Somehow, Joseph had learned the lesson that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Standing before Joseph, this is what Joseph had to say to his brothers. This is in in, uh, Genesis 50 verses 18 to 21. Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But I bet they did fall down before him. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. And then these words are stunning to me. Do not be afraid for I am in God's place. I'm exactly where God wanted me to be. Now I'm sure Joseph wouldn't have planned it to plan the way it happened to get him to this place. This would have never been in Joseph's thoughts. But somehow Joseph had enough faith to realize that even through the difficult times, even through the hard times, even through a tragedy in his life, God used it for a purpose. I am here in God's place. And then he said these words, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God boy, thank God for that. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. It was obvious that God had taken the all things in Joseph's life. And cause good to come out of them. And I'm sure that out of a thankful heart, Joseph blessed God that God had provided for him in such a powerful, powerful way. And folks, that's true for all of us who really know God, who love Him with all of our heart, and who are called according to His purpose. The principle of thanksgiving, the plan of thanksgiving. Thirdly, notice our verses in Ephesians, the path. thanksgiving the path of thanksgiving what path should we use to give thanks or in other words how do we direct or to whom do we direct our thanksgiving to please notice that our text once more says and, and again i'll remind you i'm reading from a new american standard it says always giving thanks for all things in the name of our lord jesus christ even the father But I like the way, and I think maybe to understand what Paul's saying here, the way the King James Version translates it probably puts it clear for us when it says this, "'Giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.'" In other words, the path of our thanksgiving must be directed unto God the Father himself.'" Who are we to be thankful to? God, the Father. And why is that true? Why is that so? Well, let's go back to our study out of James for a moment. The very opening verses of James. James, the first chapter, verse 17. James says this about God working in our life. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. The path of our thanksgiving ought to be to God the Father. Why? Because he has given us every good thing and every perfect gift is from above coming from the Father of life. And folks, every blessing, whatever the nature of it, whatever the means by which it comes, ultimately comes through the hand of God. And that includes the everyday blessings that we have. Hey, one of the things that we have to be, and I I really think we have to be careful for it in our culture that we live in. Um, I've had the privilege as some of you have had, I've had the privilege of go to many other places in the world uh, and and some of the places that I've been have been tough places to go to. I mean, I've been to places like Yemen where I, I I cannot even begin to... I cannot even begin to describe you the life as life goes on in Yemen. The poverty, the oppression of Islam, the darkness of Islam, uh, just everything that happens in that whole culture is, is, is dark. One of the most oppressive places I've ever been. I still have visions in my, in my mind of seeing a child walk up to our car, having their arms blown off, begging for something to eat because they had nothing to eat. And I realize we have poverty here in our, our United States, but not, not like poverty there then you, you go to places like the, the Dominican Republic and you go up, get out of the resort areas and go up into the mountainous region and you go up into these villages and you see kids running around there without any clothes on. It's not because they enjoyed running around without clothes on. It's because they don't have any clothes to put on. And I remember, I remember going in one day to visit a senior adult lady who wanted a visit from her pastor and we went into her home. Her home was this. It was a bunch of limbs put together and stuck together with a bunch of cardboard that was her house she invited us into her house to come visit her that's how she lived every day of her life and then I come back home to the United States same place you live and thank God for this place thank God for the blessings that we have but folks what why did God put you here in America and not in the Dominican Republic why why were you born here instead of Yemen I mean, you didn't have anything to do with it, did you? Did you decide where you were going to be born? I don't think so. But you didn't have any say-so in whether you were going to be born or not, did you? It was up to mom and dad. Why did God let you be born in America? And we've got our problems, sure. We've got issues we need to deal with. It's not a perfect place. But if you've traveled anywhere in the world, you know, oh my goodness. God has blessed us way beyond our measure. It's not because you deserve it. It's not because you're better than anybody else. It's not because God favors or loves you a whole lot more than anyone else on this planet. Why are you here? Why has God blessed you? I don't know the answer to that question, nor do you know the answer to the question. My point is simply this. God has done that. Everything you have. Listen to me. Everything you have comes from the father of life. You didn't pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work hard all your life to get what you got. Now you may have had to do that. But you couldn't have done that in some other country. The very fact you've got breath in your lungs to get up and work only proves the fact that God's given you what you have. And if it wasn't for God you wouldn't have anything So the point I'm trying to make is simply this. The path of our thanksgiving is that we give God thanks because he is the one who has blessed us with everything. If we have anything, it comes from his hand. And when we fail to give thanks, when we lack giving thanks to the one who has blessed us with everything, oh my goodness, how that has to grieve the very heart of God himself. By the way, let me, let me read you a promise. And, and again, us we in the United States would, be good, it would do us good to remember this. God had spoke these words to his people when he gave them the land of Canaan. When he sent them into the promised land. He, he told them something that he did not want them to forget. I would say we better remember the same thing here in the United States. Deuteronomy 6 verses 10 to 15, then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into a land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build, and houses full of all good things which you did not fill, and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you eat and are satisfied. When I bless you with all these things that you don't deserve... God says to them, and he says to us, then watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall fear only the Lord your God and you shall worship him and swear by his name. You shall not follow the other gods, any of the gods of the people who surround you. For the Lord your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. Otherwise the anger of the Lord your God will be kindled against you and he will wipe you off the face of this earth. So let me ask you something this morning. When was the last time you thanked God for life? When was the last time you thank God for your job? When was the last time you thank God for your home? When was the last time you thank God for something to eat? When was the last time you thank God for your church? When was the last time you thank God for the freedoms that you have? Because they all have come from Him. You're not a self made person. I'm not either. God's the one who's enabled us to have all that we have that's the path of thanksgiving thankful to god the person of thanksgiving always giving thanks for all things in the name of our lord jesus christ to god even the father boy there's so much i could say about that i want this morning let me let me just say this one thing and then i'll close there's two or three applications of that. But I think one of them, reason Paul added that, he tells us the path of thanksgiving is to give God the Father thanks because everything comes from him. But the person of thanksgiving is the Lord Jesus himself, the name of the Lord Jesus. And again, there's much that could be said about that. But I really believe that Paul had in his mind the fact that it is the Lord Jesus himself who should be our main cause for giving thanks. In other words, it is Jesus who is our greatest blessing. And for the believer, that's absolutely true. It is Jesus who shed his precious blood on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins in order that we, through faith and repentance, might receive the forgiveness of our sins and have the newness of life. It's through Jesus that we have the promise of abundant life. It's through Jesus that we have access to even come into God's presence to pray and to seek his face. In fact, it's through Jesus that even enables me to be able to come into the presence of a holy God to give him thanks in the first place. It's through Jesus that I have eternal life. He, Jesus... Is our greatest blessing. So, the person of thanksgiving ought to be the Lord Jesus Himself, the principle of thanksgiving, the plan, the path, the person. Lastly, this morning, the practice of thanksgiving. You know, it's one thing to know that I need to be thankful and should offer thanksgiving to God, it's another thing to actually develop a thankful heart. And walk in an attitude of thankfulness before the Lord. Uh, none of this, none of that, will ever happen unless you and I make a choice, a deliberate choice, to offer God our thanks. So that's why I asked you a moment ago. When was the last time you asked God or you thanked God for these things? You told Him thank you. I hope you did it when we paused to give thanks this past Thursday. But certainly, God's worthy of our thanks on days other than Thanksgiving. It ought to be an attitude of gratitude that we build day in and day out. Hey, if, if you really understand what God's done for you, you ought to be the most thankful person on this planet. We all ought to. So how do you put that into practice? Well, I thought about how we could do that. I guess I could start down here with Rich and let everybody stand up and tell me one thing you're thankful for. But I'll get hungry before we go through about the third row. And uh, we're not going to do that this morning. And they've got to play the pianos here at 3 o'clock. So it probably would take us that long. And the truth of the matter is, if you got started being thankful, you might take 15 minutes yourself. So we'd be here. A long time. So this is how I want us to close this morning. I want, to, I want to lead you in giving some thanks. And the way we're going to do that this morning is I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. So would you do that? Our heads bowed, our eyes are closed all across our sanctuary today. And I'm going to walk down a list of some things that I want you to get, express your thanksgiving to God for this morning. Will you do that? Don't do it out loud because, again, it's just with the, it would be difficult with so many in here today. But I want you just from the bottom of your heart... To obey this command we've looked at today. And I want you to be thankful. And even if you've already done it. That's fine. Do it again. Maybe some of you haven't done what I'm about to ask you to do. So I want you just from, from your heart. I want you to express thanks to God. Here we go. A few things and then I'll close this. Would you thank the Lord right now? Would you thank God? Would you express thanks to God for the Lord Jesus himself? I said a moment ago. He's our greatest blessing. Well, without him, we're nothing. So give, give thanks to the father for the gift of his son. And then in doing so this morning, would you express thanks to God for your gift of salvation? Oh, thank the Lord that he saved you even though you were a sinner separated from his Love. You were a sinner, set apart from His glory, but He loved you, and He saved you. Going hand in hand with that, would you thank the Lord for forgiving you of your sin? Well, I had to, I had to confess some sins this morning before I even came out to preach the first service. The Lord had convicted me about it, and I'm, I'm so thankful that when I come to him and I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He separates those things as far as the east is from the west from my life. So will you thank him for his forgiveness? If you're a believer this morning, would you thank Jesus for the promise of heaven? One of these days you're going to a place where you will abide forever. In glory with him. Would you thank the Lord this morning? Would you express your thanks for your family? And as I said in the first service this morning, I realize for some of you that might not be a good thing because it might be, you might be in a tough family situation right now. But you know what? For whatever reason, God's placed you where you are for a given time. And again, if you love God with all your heart and you seek to allow the Lord to conform you, even in bad family situations, God can work all things out for your good and His glory. So give God thanks for the family. And maybe if you began to thank God for your family, you might even begin to see them in a different light. Would you express thanks to God for your health? Or if you're in an unhealthy situation right now, would you thank God? That you live in a place where you can get medical attention and help. Not everybody has access to that. Hey, would you express thanks to God for the privilege of living in the country called America? We've got our issues. We've got our problems. But folks, God has still blessed this country and what a privilege it is for us to live here. Would you express your thanks to God for your church family? Would you thank God for letting you be a part of the body of Christ here, known as First Baptist Church of Noonan? It's not perfect, no church is. It's got its challenges, it's got its issues, just like every church does. But God has blessed this church, He continues to bless this church. Thank Him for it. Don't take those for granted. And then I'll close with this. Would you express your thanks to God this morning for meeting your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus? Oh Lord, you've given us so much in Jesus. Thank you for meeting our every need. Even those things we don't know we need. All by your grace. All by your goodness. For your glory. Lord, thank you for these words today that challenge us in our walk with God, with with you. Thank you for the challenges before us to always give thanks for all things because you're the God who gives us all things. Lord, deliver us from from ingratitude. Deliver us from a grumbling, complaining spirit. Help us to overflow with thankfulness. Lord, so that you might be honored. You might be glorified. If you're here this morning, there's never been a time in your life that you've come to personal faith And the Lord Jesus, there's not a better time, better place than right here, right now. In just a moment, we're going to stand together, sing a hymn of invitation. If you're here and you need to give your heart and your life to Jesus. Or would you do that this morning? I'm going to be standing down front to receive those who need to come today. If you need to give your life to Christ, would you just step out from where you'll be standing in a moment, make your way down front, take me by the hand. All you need to say is, Pastor Ken, I need to give my life to Christ. And We'll have one of our staff members take you back to the back for a moment and share with you in private how you can trust Christ and believe on him today and walk out of here with the promise of heaven, a changed man or woman. Would you come today to give him? Don't wait. As soon as we begin to sing, you step out and you come. Then Christian, if God has spoken to your heart, this altar is open. If you need to come forward a time of prayer, it's kind of hard to get around here with the flowers. You can come to the front pews if you would like to and kneel and pray. Or maybe just where you stand in a moment, you just need to do business with the Lord. But as God speaks to your heart this morning, you respond. So Father, may we do so to your namesake and for your glory. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? He leads us in our singing. You respond as God has spoken to your heart.